What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? The guest on this week's episode of the podcast has an incredible journey investing in real estate so far. From initially purchasing his first duplex in Somerville, Mass., to creating his Boston-based real estate development company. Jose has an extraordinary passion for service and giving back, from serving five years in the Marine Corps, to serving as a Somerville firefighter, to his amazing ability to build real connections with sellers and help them get what they are looking for. In this episode, we dig deep into Jose's story, building real genuine connections with sellers, creating generational wealth through real estate investing, delegation and scaling, and much, much more. This was such an inspiring conversation, and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 40 of the Creating Wealth podcast. Today, I have the great pleasure of chatting with Jose Velney in the Roxbury and Somerville, Massachusetts markets. Jose is an absolutely incredible real estate developer over at Winter Hill Homes, as well as a real estate broker at Dress Blue Realty, and I am extremely excited to talk with him. What's going on, Jose? How are you, man? What's new? How you doing, Kyle? Thank you for, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, what's new? We closed on more real estate today, so we're, we're oh, very yeah. excited. The business is moving in the right direction. We're growing with properties and we're growing with personnel. So we're really excited for the future. A hundred percent, man. I love to hear that. The pleasure is all mine. I'm very excited to, to talk to you today. Um, so to kind of jump right in, you know, what kind of gave you like the real estate bug initially, you know, and tell me, you know, a little bit about kind of your backstory. Yeah, honestly, um, going into real estate was very accidental. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me. And the reason why is uh, after, after doing five years in the Marine Corps, um, I wanted to figure out, I was living in an apartment and I had an H2 Hummer from, obviously I was in the Marine Corps, so I like big trucks and <laughs> I didn't have a place to park. And um, I was, and I asked my friend, I asked, the, I asked the landlord, I said, hey, you know, do you mind if I park in the driveway? Nobody really uses it. And he goes, no, 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 it's not on the lease. You can't park on the driveway. Told my friend about the situation and he goes, well, you know, whoever has the gold makes the rules. And I said, what exactly does that mean? I go, are you saying that I, I should be looking to purchase my own home? And he goes, not exactly, but that's how I looked at it. <laughs> and that that went, that's where the path started. I started um, looking for property, but I had to educate myself. I started reading. I started listening to different podcasts. I downgraded. So I went to a different apartment. So my rent was cheaper, um, picked up a second job. I was working at the Sunwell Fire Department. And I was working as a bouncer. And with that, I, I learned a lot, met a lot of met a lot of good people. And through that process, um, I was able to, to find a two family in Somerville. Um, at the time, I bought it at $450,000. And um, I used the first time home buyers, which I put about 3.5% down, which is about like 16,000. And I figure I'd have to put a down payment of, of a closing cost to the lender into the attorney about 4,000 um, all in. But what ended up happening is through the process, I was able to negotiate, giving me a credit of $5,000. I was able to get $5,000 from the city, from the city of Somerville. And also at the time, um, Barack Obama, the president, the sitting president at the time was given $12,000 back to, to veterans to stimulate the economy. Long story short, I was all in in that property at, at $3,000 down payment. And that property today rents for about fifty three hundred, and it's worth one point one. Oh my god, <laughs> that's absolutely incredible. <laughs> that's like that's just like absolutely nuts, you know. <laughs> like, oh my god, I love you know kind of how you got into it too. You know, it, it's so unique. You know, like you didn't have a spot to park your Hummer. You know, so your buddy was just like, oh, well, you know, the guy who has the house makes the rules. And you're like, huh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's a really cool, you know, kind of entrance into the game and, um, you know, the start of something really big. Wow. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And from there, 
um, I knew I wanted to get deeper in the game. I, I liked the the process and yeah. and the steps that I had to take. And I felt that you could really make your own path. You can really do as whatever you want, financial freedom, generational wealth, um, all those great things that you can find from real estate. But I knew that at the time I could not afford to continue to buy in Boston because I didn't have 20% down um, yeah, yeah. for Boston prices. Um, what I ended up doing is I started diving into the, the real estate market in Springfield. And I actually built my portfolio at the time to 30 units. Uh, my biggest was um, a 60 unit um, complex. And eventually I, I sold them all off. And I only I, my only market now is really Roxbury, Somerville, Dorchester, Charlestown, mm -hmm. and Mattapan. I'm branching out to Mattapan also. Wow. So what kind of gave you the, uh, I guess, like the drive to look over in Springfield? Was it like the price point or like, did you like that market, you know, for a certain reason or? Yeah, the price point was, was, was fantastic. Yeah. Um, also, I was able to, the price points were great and the cash flow was also um, a lot better. And what I was able to do, I was working full time. I was able to afford a property manager and mm -hmm. with using the property manager, I was able to learn and take a lot of the skill sets that I was watching them do and build out what I have now for my property management in-house. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so what's, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what is your drive and your vision for the long-term, you know? I mean, I guess like, what was it kind of back then and kind of what is it now? Um, honestly, I felt like the Marine Corps gave me purpose mm -hmm. and, and I was lacking that um, after I left the Marine Corps. So real estate was, it was kind of a, a kind of game, like how do I get to the next level? And it was very challenging. So I, I appreciated that aspect of it. Though you're building generational wealth, you're not gonna do it when, in one year or two years or three years. It takes time. It's really the body of work that you put in into, you know, like people say, oh, overnight success. No, you know, it takes 10 years for them to realize what you've been doing. And yeah. then they say you're an overnight success. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it definitely isn't a, a very, you know, very quick thing. <laughs> I can imagine, you know, from your experience. No, absolutely not. You know, I have, I have losses, I have gains, I have, you know, nights, Friday, when the lender says, hey, I, I need A, B, and C, and you're at the ATM trying to get a face <laughs> up or trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I get up everything that they need? The closing yeah. Monday at 12. So I've been up, I've been down. And now we just build different processes. I also have been across the country learning with some of the, uh, the best real estate investors, um, Sharper Leadership Circle, um, one of the business masterminds that I went to, um, Carrot Camp, which is SEO. I don't know if you're not sure if you're sure if you know if you know what SEO is or or PPC or even Carrot, um, the website um, domain. So I'm I'm a big fan of them, and I learned a lot just with their investors and other people like that. That's wicked cool. I haven't really gotten into any of like the masterminds yet, and especially like the SEO and stuff, like as a marketing channel. How has that kind of been for you? Like, you know, from kind of start, like when you first did SEO to, to kind of now, like, was it like an interesting, like learning curve, you know, to kind of learn that, uh, like skill and stuff to, you know, get like those leads in or. Um, honestly, it took time. It took time um, going to different masterminds. The one thing that I learned from going through masterminds is that in the Boston market or any market for that matter, once you get to a certain level at the beginning, everybody kind of wants to guide you and help you. Mm -hmm. But once you get to a certain level, you become their competition and they're less eager to help. But if you're in a mastermind, most masterminds do not allow a, to people from from the same markets to go to the same mastermind. Oh. So with that, the sharing is very open. People will literally give you exactly what, what they're doing. They're not <laughs> like, hey, let, let me hold something back. No, they're really giving you what you need. And they also reach back out like two weeks later, you can call that guy and say, hey, this is what I did. And I, I took your advice. Um, what am I doing right? Or what am I doing wrong? How can I improve it? And they're really open-minded and, and vice versa. That's awesome. So is that kind of similar to like a, a like a BNI group, you know, where like there's one spot, like for each person, like in each area, like, so people aren't like competing yeah. with each other, I guess. 
very some very um similar in that aspect except we're not like really trading referrals per se yeah, um, yeah. We're, we're more trading like information yeah and you know if somebody's doing something amazing that's like <laughs> that you have never seen before in florida like wow will it work in boston and yeah. you kind of try it out and they kind of guide you to doing it too and I, I, I've seen some um, interesting people. What they do is if they stay, they'll stay in one mastermind. So they kind of block everybody else in their competition in their area so that they can't even get to the, to that mastermind. <laughs> That's really cool though. You know, it sounds like there's a lot of power in that kind of thing. You know, it's a, it's a really like just be able to network with, you know, the same type of investors and stuff like doing the same type of thing, you know, from different markets across the U S and stuff. You know, and not kind of have that fear of like, you know, are we fighting against each other, competing with each other, or, you know, just for kind of like the benefit of of everybody. Absolutely, absolutely, and and, and I, I I kid about it, but I, I honestly think you can you can throw me in any state at this point, and I'll know somebody. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool though. You know, I mean, like just for meeting all those people and stuff, and and building up those relationships and connections and stuff. Absolutely. I think it's it, as a real estate investor, it's very important to to, to work with uh, other people in your market, but also people in other, in other markets, too. You can learn from everyone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Ooh. So we kind of got into this one a little bit. Um, you know, would you mind telling the story of acquiring your first property? But were there any like big lessons that you picked up from it, like right off the bat? Oh, absolutely. Um, negotiating, <laughs> negotiating is key. Um, getting the price, the getting the right price is key. Ma building a connection with the seller is key. Um, so for example, when I purchased my first property, the seller was at the house. I was able to have a conversation for him and, and I was able to say, what's your problem? Like, how do I get, what is your goal? Yeah. And his own goal was <laughs> we try to figure out how to make that work. Um, to the point that we build a relationship, but even before I said anything, the relationship was built yeah. um, because I served five years in the Marine Corps and the homeowner was in the Navy. So we already built that connection because we both were um, prior military. And it was to the point that my closing was actually supposed to be November 1st, but they moved it to November 15th. And and I and I already gave my, my landlord um, the notice that I'd be leaving. And he already gave the notice to his first floor tenant that um, that he, they would have to vacate. So I was actually able to move in 15 days early, even though I didn't close on the property yet. So him and I built a, a very strong relationship to the point that we actually drove to the closing together. Really? That's incredible. Yeah. So <laughs> that's crazy, you know, to be able to kind of build that, that rapport and, um, you know, be able to have that kind of relationship. It, that's wicked cool as well you know that like you guys were in you know each like branch of the service and stuff and you know you were able to kind of hit that off right away absolutely and even to this day him and i still keep in contact you know um on, via facebook and telephone but a lot of the sellers that i buy properties from they they become friends you know we they hey how's the house doing you know what what's different how's the neighborhood and i keep them updated and sometimes they're like, hey, so-and-so is moving next door. You might want to give them a call. So they also <laughs> become my lead source too. So it's, it's pretty, it's, it's a good way to market. Yeah, 100%. So would you say, <clears throat> you know, kind of like building that, that relationship aside from, you know, just like the transactional aspects, uh, like of what's going on is important. Like, you know, just kind of building up like that relationship you know, to like past, you know, once the sale goes through or, or whatever, you know, like just for like the future and down the line and stuff. Absolutely. Um, I'm a strong believer <laughs> as real estate investors, we cannot win on price because if yeah. we went on price, we're not going to be in this business very long. So what we have to do, we have to build on terms. So I always say, I'll give you a price, you know, or I'll give you a turn, but I won't give you a price or vice versa. So you got to figure out what makes everybody happy. Why is this deal um, the, the right deal? And why am I the right buyer? Um, I'll give you an example, because believe it or not, my strategy really has not changed from when I began. You know, I was very creative and I was figuring out ways to make these deals work. Um, we closed today on, on, a, on a property. And one of the reasons why the seller sold the property to me is because I sent them a letter and I told them why I wanted the property. 
I basically told them, I said, listen, I own three doors down. Um, I want to be my own neighbor. I want to keep the neighborhood clean. Um, I want to, I want to continue my fam. I want to raise my family in Roxbury and I only see great things coming and I want to be part of it. I want to be part of the community. One of the things that my business does is if we do um, two condos and we sell the condos, we, we give back to the community 2,500. If the project is bigger than two units, we give back five, 5,000 to a local park or a community center. I love that. That's wicked cool. You know, just, uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> well, we want to be part of the community. And a lot yeah. of times we, as investors, we sometimes get bad names like, oh, we'll, we'll just come in here for the wrong reasons, or we'll be out of this area within six months or a year, whenever the project is. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I want to be like 10 years from now. I want to walk my kids or, you know, hey, look what, look what we built. Look, look, we gave, we provided a home for somebody. And as you know, in the city of Boston, everything's expensive. And one way to, to change that is to build more, you know, letting us build more. If we have more units, then it's just supply and demand and the price is going to be more affordable. Yeah. I really like that. You know, it's a, be able to create that like legacy kind of thing and just be able to like constantly give back. And it's, I really like, you know, kind of the angle that, that you guys take. I, I think it's, it's awesome. Like earlier today I heard on, um, I was listening to one of like the bigger pockets podcasts and there was a guy talking about, you know, so if he's like cold calling somebody or something, or like, you know, he sends them a mailer and they call him back he doesn't offer a price. I just, I just thought this was pretty interesting. So he doesn't actually offer them like a price instead. Like he asked the questions to the seller, you know, for like what they're looking for, you know, like what are they doing? Uh, like once they move on from that property or, you know, if he was to, you know, take everything off their back, like as is, you know, like the usual kind of stuff and really just dig deep into like what would benefit the seller like past just the the purchase price alone you know i feel like that really connects to what you just mentioned you know about if it was just about the price like you know things wouldn't go too well long term it wouldn't be sustainable but like if you're like just giving back you know to these people and you know giving the giving them solutions and you know making everything work like on both sides then you know it sounds like there's a ridiculous amount of power behind it you know like long term Absolutely. And I feel like that term, um, and especially in SEO, they call it evergreen marketing, basically, which means like you're not spending money. It's not like PPC, you're not spending a lot of money um, to get back at those returns. And that's really been the driver, in the, at least especially in the last four months of my company. We actually really slowed down our marketing um, to the point that I even changed my CRM because I'm like, I really don't use it that much anymore. Yeah. And that just has come just from my network and how I communicate with people. And if I have an, if I have a great interview with somebody and it could, might not even be for a job referral or anything like that, just a good interview or a good, good meeting, I send them a thank you card. And people in, in, in the mo some people that are super busy will still take the time to call you back after they get that thank you card. And it's amazing how much that little thank you card goes a long way and people don't realize how, how powerful that is. I love that kind of thing, you know, I mean, I feel like it sticks out quite a bit too, you know, just to like write them a little note and, you know, saying like how appreciative you are of their time and everything and like the great conversation, whatever. And I feel like, you know, they remember that kind of thing, you know, and it just like, it hits a little bit more home, uh, you know, after like the first interaction, like no matter who it is, you know, whether it's a seller or a loan officer or something, or I don't know. I just, I really like that kind of thing. Absolutely. They, people make, if you, if you care, they will, they will get, appreciate that. And, and you'll get exactly what you want. If you want to be successful in real estate or any business, if you make enough people happy, you'll get what you want. Yeah. I love that. <coughs> Jose, what do you consider to be the biggest variable to expand your portfolio or clientele uh, as a broker? I know we kind of just talked a little bit about, um, you know, like just helping people and stuff like that, um, you know, and making like a legacy and stuff. 
Um, as a real estate broker, um, I'm not, I don't really focus on being a broker. Mm -hmm. um, I usually take uh, most of my marketing, my, that's my marketing dollars. So if I make yeah. referrals or like, I really only spend um, work with friends and family as a broker. And I really focus on my construction side. So one of uh, my mission statement uh, for my company is I always say that, you know, my vehicle is construction and my destination is generation of wealth. Nice. Now, and, and that's really what sets uh, my company apart than, than the most investors in the Boston market is that we're really construction focused. Um, you know, it, it definitely helps out. that I, I have a bachelor's degree from Wentworth. So that, yeah. that, that, helps, that, helps, that, that helps out a lot. But um, I, I love to build. Uh, we're doing a lot, of, a lot of new construction in the company right now. We, have, we currently have um, a two family, um, two condos that we're building um, in Dorchester where we're looking to get permits for seven units um, in, in, Rock, in Roxbury. We put under contract going to get, trying to go, go through zoning and get five units. We'll probably keep that one as a rental in, um, in Mattapan. Um, bought the two family today, also has a plot of land. So we're looking to go build on two more families on, on top of there. And last Wednesday, we purchased um, another two family, um, in, a two, well, land that we're gonna build um, two condos in, um, in Dorchester. And the fascinating um, part about that one, um, the two, the, the land is my partner. I have a partner on this one, um, it's a JV partner. And what we did is we turned, um, a, we, we, we acquired it with plans that it was gonna be two bedrooms. And we actually turned them into one bedrooms and we'll be more profitable by changing it. Most people wouldn't think that, hey, if you subtract a bedroom, how would it be more, how would it be more profitable? And um, part of the reason why that, that, that happened is because um, the construction cost actually goes down because we're building less square footage, even though the house is really still the same footprint. And on top of that, um, you, you, what you, you, ha you have three factors. One of them that's not gonna change. Mm -hmm. um, the purchase price of the land, that's not going to change. But what changes is your construction cost is going to change because we decreased it and we changed the layout. But on, on top of that, the comps is just that area, you know, they're really looking for, for one bedrooms. It's a it's, it's very strong market for one bedrooms. And we'll probably profit about 60000 more just by changing it. That's really cool. That's really interesting. Um, you know, kind of how that, that works, like it honestly just blew my mind a second ago, <laughs> you know, like dropping a bedroom, but making more of a profit on it. Like it, it's, that's super interesting, you know, to kind of wrap your head around. So how did yeah. you, what did you guys kind of see with like the, uh, construction, um, equipment and stuff and like the prices fluctuating, like how did that kind of have an impact on you guys, uh, you know, for like new construction and stuff? Um, honestly, I don't think, I think people um, play into it too much. Yeah. And the reason why I say that, yeah, you know, your construction price went up, but so did your sale, your sales, you know, you're selling for so much more. So I'm like, it, you know, we're still going to build regardless, yeah. you know, and lumber prices um, today is actually still going down. So we're, we're, we're in a, we're in a good position, but regardless, we're going to always build. And what, what, um, what we do in my company is we're not focused on what the competition is doing. We're focusing on in-house. Are we making, are we hitting the numbers? Are we hitting our KPIs? And, 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 that's, and that's key because I would rather lose a deal that doesn't make sense, that's not profitable, that puts my company in, an, in, a, negative, in a negative position than take that deal just to say, well, we got X amount of deals this year. You know, yeah. and, and that's, that's really the key of growing the business is understanding the numbers part of it. Yeah and sticking to your numbers and not moving off the numbers. Cause at the end of the day, you know, it's emotional the way I talk to the people, but as far as getting to that final number for it to make sense for my company, it's not emotional. It's logical. Yeah. I feel like that's wicked important, you know, to kind of track those metrics. Uh, do you guys track like as much as you can, or, you know, just kind of like, you know, stuff with like marketing, you know, like how many touches uh, for like marketing pieces um, you know, like leads, you know, from, or like contacts to leads, to, you know, leads to follow up with, like, take me kind of through, you know, what metrics you kind of like to track, um, you know, in your business. Honestly, my, my company is actually transitioning from that at, mm -hmm. at the moment. And we used to do that. Um, 
to like kind of like a kind of like a, what a wholesaler would do you know yeah. how many times did you call um i used to use a crm not sure if you're familiar with it um beast mode and and beast mode's amazing because they have campaign drift so like you can do rvm um like it does it by itself it can send text messages by itself so it doesn't really take a person um to to really do it but at this time um, we have so many leads coming in weekly that we really, we really don't really use it. So that's not really a KPI. And mm -hmm. the way I look at it is, yeah, we could be losing, we could be losing money on one end by not doing that, by not going after our own leads. But on the other side, now we can actually take on more projects because now we can really focus on what we do best, which is construction. Yeah, I love that. I forget if I asked you what um what kind of gave you the the idea to start Winter Hill Homes. Um, Winter Hill Homes is a neighborhood. Winter Hill is a neighborhood in Somerville. Mm -hmm. And as you can tell, I'm really big on community, where I come from, the background, yeah. um, the the story behind it. And that's really where the name came from, Winter Hill Homes. That's awesome. I love that. Ooh, what is the most important lesson that you've learned over your career so far? <laughs> I have learned that in this business, it's really a campaign. Um, you know, I, I, you have wins, you have losses, but it's, it's really your body of work. It's really, did you improve from last year? Um, did you hit your goals? And if you did not, how, how do you get to that next level? And who has already made all the mistakes that you're about to make and that you can reach out? Uh, but a lot of times, if I'm looking at, at a particular deal, I have a handful of people that I reach out to, hey, what do you think about this deal? You know, or same thing in, in construction. Okay, this is the issue that I'm having. Um, how do I change this layout? Or what do you what do you see that's different that I don't see? And just having those key advisors, yeah. um, those key team, that key team um, that you build. Um, you know, I'm not the smartest, you know, but I have a great attorney. You know, I have a, <laughs> I have a great architect. Yeah. You know, I, I know who I need to call for an engineer. You know, and all those people are part of my team. And that's what really drives the organization to get to the next level. Part of, and I remember a few years back, one of the hardest decisions I made is I had to leave an insurance agency that um, I was using to go to a different, different insurance agency. And it wasn't, it wasn't about being an upgrade. It was just that it was putting my company in a better position to grow. So yeah. sometimes those decisions are hard, but overall it has worked out for the company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, the building a team is absolutely huge. You know, I mean, just to be able to have that like cabinet, I guess, or yeah, team, you know, to be able to like go to to ask those questions and stuff. And there was a uh, one guy that I met a long time ago, and um, he said an analogy, it was on the very, very early episodes of the podcast, actually. And he referred to building a team as like building a football team. You know, and you have like, you know, all these different positions and everything, you know, and like you're shooting for the end zone and, you know, you have like your couple lines and everything. It just, it absolutely like blew my socks off, man. You know, like just to have like that first team of, or that first line of advisors, you know, to be able to get that property, get that deal closed. And then, you know, if you needed to, you know, sub in people for the situation and stuff and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, one of the hardest things in my company that I had to deal with um, the last two years um, from when I moved, when I really focused on Somerville to now that I focus on Somerville, Roxbury, Dorchester, Mattapan, um, you know, Charlestown area was mm -hmm. that because um, 93, the traffic is so bad. Yeah. I had contractors, <laughs> I had tr contractors in Somerville that would not come to Boston and I have contractors in Boston that would not go to, that would not go to Somerville. So yeah. with that, it became a, it became difficult and I had to make an Excel spreadsheet and really break it down to, okay, this contractor likes big projects. This contractor likes small projects. They like this location. They don't, do, they, do, they, they don't like this location. So really building that and my vision when I was building it was always to, how do I fire myself? Um, you know, one thing that we're, we have coming on board on Monday, we hiring a, a new admin person. And, and she's gonna be able to take what I already created 
And instead of calling me, hey, Jose, who do I call? Like, it's already going to be broken down for her. Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to take her through the steps, at least the, the first 90 days and so on. But she's going to be, I always grew, set up my company to be in a position as we grow that I can just plug those people in and I'm not changing the whole system. That's awesome, man. I love that. So I take it you are uh, a big fan of process and like standard operating procedures. Absolutely. Um, One thing that I have found in the real estate business is that the people that really do a bigger volume, it's really the systems and the people that they put in, you know, your process are great, but it's kind of like that football analogy that you use. If you have um, a person that has the qualities to be a great running back and you got him playing defense alignment, you know, that, that might not be a good fit. So you also <laughs> got to put the right people in the right seats, but yeah. definitely um, systems and processes uh, are, are huge for any organization. And you don't have to um, figure it out yourself. You, you Other people have, have already figured it out or systems that you can actually take it from them. A lot of people, if you just ask them, they'll give it to you. Yeah. Honestly, like I totally fell in love with systems after reading uh, the E Myth. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I'm a big fan of the E Myth. Um, Traction is um, yeah. another one. Yeah, uh, scaling up is an, is another another book that that touches on that kind of stuff. It totally like changes your mindset, you know, and like you know, just kind of seeing like the power of process and being able to delegate things and like how you know how to make it more how to make your processes more dependent on the actual processes, you know, than the individual. And it just, it's so crazy, you know, and then to be able to actually implement those, like, how was it, you know, kind of when you first started like delegating things out, you know, in like the very early days of the company, like, you know, and, and first kind of being able to implement, um, you, yeah, exactly. You know, like hiring like the first people and stuff and being able to kind of take some things off your back. Um, actually, it's, it's a lot of trial and error. And at the beginning, you, I don't believe you can build a big business or a strong business working 40 hours a week, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, even when I was in the fire department, I was still doing, you know, 40 hours, 40 hours in the fire department. I was doing another 40 hours at Wentworth and doing another 30 hours in my, in my real estate company, because I knew I had a bigger goal. I had a bigger why. And it just, you have to, in order to understand every seat, you have to be in every seat. And as you understand it, you can, you can push people in, or you can say, okay, can this person do it um, faster or better or easier than me? And it could be something as simple as, you know, this might take me four hours to do, but can I pay somebody, you know, $50 and it takes them two hours, you know? So it's, it's, yeah. it's figuring out where, where it's best, the best way to do it. And also understanding your strengths and weaknesses. You know, for me, you know, I don't, I don't like being in front of a laptop. I'd rather be in front, on the job site. I'd rather be in front of in sellers. That's, that's my strong point. So I have to get somebody else that rather do the other stuff. And in, in, in the way you know that it's the right person, well, I mean, you can do just profiles that gives you a better understanding of if you're hiring the right person, but at the same time, you want, you want to give yourself an energy audit. Like, does this thing make me more energetic or do I feel drained after I do this? And, and you're going to be like, man, this really drains me. Okay. That's what you should need to go find somebody else to do. But in the same time, you got to make sure that's that other person's energy. Does that task make that person more energetic? Does that task drain them that to the point that they don't want to go to work? Because a lot of times, you know, you might, it, people not, might not stay because you pay them great. They might stay because they enjoy what they do. Wow. Honestly, I haven't really heard of like that energy audit, um, you know, kind of principle. That's wicked cool. I'm definitely going to have to do a little bit of homework on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if you need any help with it, you know, I could definitely uh, point in the right, right direction. I'm, I'm sure I have some resources in my office I can provide with that too. Yeah, I definitely appreciate it. It sounds like it's a lot of fun, you know, to kind of figure out, you know, go through that trial and error and, um, you know, finally get things to click and just be constantly trying stuff out, to, uh, you know, to keep moving forward. Absolutely. In any business, you know, you have to really know yourself and then and then really figure out, OK, this is what I want. This is where we want to go. And a lot of people just dive right in and they're just like, we're going to figure it out. That's like, no, no, no. You got to pause. Yeah. You know, it, it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of like having an axe. If you just keep using your axe, it's not going to be sharp. It's not going to work. 
you got to sharpen your ass, you, you know, and, and that's part of it, taking that energy out of it to know where you're going, what angle you're, you're going to take and, and how to get there the best way. Yeah, 100 percent. I know. I love that. Uh, the analogy with the axe that uh, I feel, I don't know who actually came up with it, but I think Brandon Turner says it all the time on on the Bigger Pockets podcast. You know, like if you had six hours to chop down a tree and, you know, you had an axe, like some people would spend all six hours trying to chop the tree down and get halfway. But others would take, you know, four hours to, to sharpen the axe and then, you know, two to chop the tree down. And yeah, <laughs> that, that yeah, one no, absolutely. Back in my um, back in my early days, um, I used to listen to every episode and, and it, it was just so fascinating that the different people that they used to take yeah. on. So they, they, they have a great podcast also. It really is incredible, you know, to hear like, I mean, a lot of the different strategies that people are doing, you know, in a lot of the different markets. Um, you know, and as well as like how far people are in their careers or just starting off. And it's nice to kind of hear a little bit of everything and, you know, just to be able to kind of absorb some of that and see what, what really resonates with you. Absolutely. And, and I love the platform um, that they have online. Um, believe it or not, that's part of my marketing. Um, I, I occasionally go on there, answer a few questions. It, it has your website on there. People reach out to you and like, oh, you're doing stuff in Boston. If I find anything, you know, I'll, I'll reach out to you. Or if you're raising capital, I have had people that reached out, say, yeah, I'd love to get, get your thought on this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm super busy. I'm a doctor, or I'm a lawyer, but I have these funds. How do I put it to work? Yeah. I love bigger pockets. I've gotten a, a couple different meaningful relationships from that website. And I feel like it's just a lot different from regular, like, you know, traditional social media, like, with everybody just being, you know, super like-minded and everything. And like, I love how it shows, you know, what city and stuff you're working into. So you could be like, oh, you know, like there's all these people that are from, you know, Roxbury or, you know, Lowell or, and just be able to like, you know, send all of them messages and be like, hey, you know, what's going on? Like, let's grab a cup of coffee or something, you know, as well as to be able to like answer questions and ask questions on the community and everything. Um, Absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more. And I honestly think it's part of that energy audit that I was talking about. And what I mean by that is that, you know, I like, I love real estate, you love real estate, but not everybody uh, loves real estate. But if yeah. you go in bigger pockets, everybody loves real estate. <laughs> uh, you're like in the right crowd, you know, you get the energy, you're telling them what you're doing. They're telling you what they're doing. You're helping them solve their problem. They're helping you solve your problem. Where Facebook is so, is so general that people are like, oh my God, not him again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he bought another house, you know? So it, it kind of really uh, puts you in, in, in the right mindset. And that's one thing that I, I, I always get um, when I return from a, um, a mastermind. One thing that I used to do is I used to go to the mastermind and as soon as the mastermind's over, I'm on the next flight, I'm going home. Where now I try to like network more with the people I decompress, I, I start writing down some of the information, new goals or new targets that, or what can I bring back to my team? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to start looking into some of like the different masterminds and stuff. I'm, I'm absolutely loving, um, you know, like you're talking about your experience with them and, you know, like meeting people from all over and like hearing a lot of different ideas and stuff. They sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you, in, in, <laughs> Mastermind is not just a part of when you're giving back or you listen to other people's presentations. It's also the networking. It's the dinner. You, you might you might hear one thing. You're like, oh my god, let me write this thing down. You know, like you almost <laughs> feel like you got to have a notepad wherever you go. You know, you don't know when that that one piece of information that you've been missing is gonna come. Yeah, I know. I love that unknown, especially about real estate in general. Like. Even like listening to a podcast that's not even like real estate related, you know, like a general business podcast or, you know, something completely different. And then you pick up something from it and then the gears start to turn. And you're like, wait, hold up. We can implement this, you know, and whatever, uh, you know, aspect of your business it's in. And you know, I just I really like that unknown, you know, of, of not really knowing when that's going to strike, you know, like you're going to hear something a certain way and it's just going to start to get you thinking <laughs> oh absolutely i think that 
Um, if you really want to move the needle in any business, you have to go outside of that industry. And, and, yeah. the, and the reason why is that people in other industries think so differently and it might be the norm for them, but it might be groundbreaking for your company or, or for our industry, because if everybody's doing the same thing, everybody's giving the same price, they're using the same metrics, you know, it, there's nothing that sets you apart. And when you, when you can separate yourself from the herd, that's when the growth happens. Yeah, I totally agree. There's a ton of power, um, you know, behind that. Jose, how do you define wealth? Um, honestly, um, I, I'm not too sure how I define wealth. Um, for me, I, I use real estate for two things. You know, it keeps me busy. I enjoy it. I don't feel like I'm ever working. So I, I do what I love. Yeah. That's one important aspect of it. And the second aspect is generational wealth. You know, I say that, you know, I, I'm, I'm the owner of my company, so I technically don't have a boss, but my unborn children, when I do have children, I feel like they are going to be my boss because everything that I'm building up is for them. So wealth is having, making sure that they have everything that they need. Wealth is to making sure that my child can be an artist and they don't have to be a starving artist. You know, they can be a librarian. They can, they can do whatever <laughs> they want to do and be fine with it. I love that so much. You know, just to be able to really like create that, that different life, you know, for them and um, just really change the narrative, you know, for like family as, as a whole, you know, and just kind of keep the, keep the generations going, you know, a little bit different instead of, you know, having to do things and, you know, do certain career paths versus what you actually wanted to do. And yeah, I yeah, love that, absolutely. man. That's awesome. Because I mean, if, if your children or a few for that matter, is like, you know, I'm taking this job because of the money, you're not going to be happy in the long run. Yep. It's not sustainable. Absolutely. Correct. Yep. Ooh, what are the most effective resources that have helped you the most so far on your journey? Um, network. Network um, has definitely been helpful. Being able to go in the in, in, in different rooms in people that have more knowledge. And sometimes it's, it's just the fact that, you know, they can, I'm teaching them something, they're also teaching me. Or it's, it could be somebody that's, you know, 20 years ahead of where I want to be and they have white hair and they're able to say, hey, watch out for this hole over here, watch out for this pitfall, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, this, uh, this situation. Um, one person that I got to, I got to, got to meet and uh, become friends with is um, Greg Janey. Um, which is another great big developer in, in, the, in the city of Boston and being able to reach out to him and say, Hey, I got this. So I got, I got this situation going on. What do you, what, what do you think about this? Um, and, you know, a, a lot of different investors that, you know, like it's 20 years ahead of where I am, just really guiding me to where I need to be. And, but part of that also in order to be, put yourself and your company in that position, you also have to be vulnerable of what you don't know. And you also have to say, you know what, I'm going to put 110 in because if you're not putting that in, they're not going to put effort into you. Yeah. Yeah. I totally see where you're coming from. You know, that's absolutely huge to be able to, you know, put yourself around those people that are really going to, you know, bring you up as well. Um, you know, and to just kind of like really show them that like, this is like your thing, like you're going absolutely hard at this and, you know, be able to bring them value as well. Um, you know, and just create a, a really crazy relationship. Absolutely. And, and it kind of works both ways. And I remember when young investors will come up to me and they say, hey, this is my solution to this. What do you think? And I'm like, I have never thought of that, but this might actually work. And then next thing you know, I'm doing it in my company because, <laughs> because I'm so used to the norm. I'm so used to thinking, okay, this is black and white. And they're like in the gray area. And I was like, this is fascinating. Let's try this and see what happens. So even though when you get to a certain level and you're giving back, sometimes you also get in return just by the questions that people ask. Yeah, that's absolutely awesome. You know I mean? Like, yeah, I think that's wicked cool. You know, just to like, you know, be able to talk to really anybody across you know, the people in the same playing field as you, you know, the people who have had like 10, 20 years plus experience uh, more than you, as well as, you know, people just starting off, um, you know, in, in the absolute beginning and just to be able to like rifle off ideas to each other. And because you're right, you know, like you never know 
when an idea that you know yeah just an idea that you've never really thought of before like that might totally you know change things up and it might come from you know somebody who you never expected i agree yep Ooh. what is something that you thought about business networking or wealth creation that kind of changed as you went along mm. um i think the biggest shift was like i said that uh, you have to hire people and put them in the right seats yeah. um i found out um a few years back i was actually in the wrong seat and and it's not maybe i shouldn't say the wrong seat but i found a better seat and what i mean by that I was, I was really focused on being the broker. I was focused on, you know, uh, meeting the sellers. I was, I was, I was really focused on that part of the business, raising, raising money, um, understanding what's a good deal, what's a bad deal. But it's like that saying goes, yeah, you know what? Um, you make your money when you purchase. And then my question to that is what happens when you can't control the construction? You, you, you're just, you're just burning money. You're just wasting money. So I, I moved myself from into um, the construction manager seat and that has what changed my company totally. But everything that we do has changed from that day on. Oh, wow. I forget, was it, um, was it traction? I forget if it, I wanna say it was either traction or the four hour work week that talks a lot about, um, you know, hiring people for the right seat or like, you know, switching people around like the right seat, wrong seat and like the analysis kind of thing. I want to say it was traction. Traction talks about it a little bit, but it was really from the mastermind that I spoke about being a lot of in a sharper leadership circle. Um, they are a huge component about making sure that you put people in the right seat. Yeah, it was really crazy to, you know, to kind of read that and hear about it. You talk about it as well, you know, because like, I feel like that's something that's a little bit less talked about. You know, like, and like you're saying, you know, like it sounds like it can make like a huge impact, you know, just from making a couple moves. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, any company, if you want it to be sustainable, you have to build the culture, yeah. you know, and you got to make sure you protect the culture. You don't want the wrong people to be in your culture. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what is your best piece of advice to new investors that want to start and manage their rental portfolio if you want to learn to <laughs> keep working you know <laughs> it, 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 um, read it read a lot um and when i when i first was um before i started going to college and and becoming a real estate agent becoming a broker um things of that nature i was averaging roughly about 25 books per year and, and, and that's, that's really where I got my understanding because what you find is until you have that at least book knowledge base, you don't, you're not going to ask the right questions. Yeah. You know, you're not going to, and if, if you can't ask the right question, you're not going to get the right answers. That's going to get you to the, to the next, to the next level. But as far as, you know, managing your own, it's, you gotta, you gotta figure out, okay, how am I gonna, how am I gonna, you know, screen these tenants? How am I going to talk to these tenants? But the biggest key being firm, um, I remember um, I purchased a property from uh, from my mom. This was um, 2000, 2016. I purchased it from my from my parents. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that the, the tenant said was, I don't like you. Um, you know, your mom was nicer. And I said, I, I know that's why I'm the landlord. <laughs> you know, like, like, like that kind of put it in perspective of like, and, and the person is still there today and yeah. we have a great relationship. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. Oh my God. And uh, last but not least question, Jose, we kind of got into it a little bit already. Um, the question is, do you read? And what is your favorite business, investing, or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone, if you had to pick one? <laughs> yeah, that, I'm happy you said that. <laughs> it is very um, tough. Honestly, I think the, the book that shifted my mindset and uh, my company the most what has been The Pumpkin Plan. And The, pumpkins, the Pumpkin Plan is actually an easy concept. 
it basically describes how farmers build the biggest pumpkin, like when you see at the big farm shows mm-hmm. and how, what's the process and, and how to do that. For one, you have to have great seeds. And after that, you have to, you, you start off, let's say with like 12 pumpkins and you watch them grow. And then you see the six that has grown the most. And then you take it in and then you take the other six out. So now you're only giving resources to the, the to the six that's really growing. Oh. And then you get it down to three pumpkins as they grow more and more, getting closer to that day for the show. And then you you get it down to either one or two. That's it. That's one or two pumpkins. And that's really the way you build a successful business. And that's why, like, most people don't even know I have a real estate brokerage license. And the reason why is because I really focus on my construction. Yeah. Because by doing that, people know, oh, Jose wants, you know, new construction. I'm going to, if I have land and I think I can build a two family or three family, I'm calling Jose, you know, I don't, I don't need to do everything. I just need to be the best of that one thing. So the construction is my big pumpkin. I love that. I haven't heard of that book before. I really love the concept though. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's powerful because um, a couple of few years back, I was just really focused on doing so many different things and I was working on too many pumpkins and, and wondering why I wasn't getting where I needed to, yeah. to the point that my brokerage has a purpose, but the purpose is to help grow the construction company to the fact that we don't spend, we don't have, we, we don't spend any of our own money on marketing. The money that we make from the brokerage gets turned over into marketing money for the construction company. Oh, wow. There, yeah, that kind of reminds me of like the 80-20 principle a little bit. Absolutely. I'm a strong believer in that. Yeah, I, that's such a crazy concept, you know. I mean, between the two of them, like just really like honing in on the things that are actually making like a ridiculous impact instead of trying to balance the rest. I know it actually, <laughs> there's another one, uh, The One Thing. I don't yeah. know if you've read that one. Yeah, literally, man, like that book absolutely changed my life. Because <laughs> like stemming back to what you said a minute ago, you know, about like trying to do like a bunch of different things at once and like get a bunch of things done. Um, I definitely struggled with that quite a bit. And I mean, you know, still do whatever, but like it, it's a lot more clear, you know, to just really get super centric on the stuff that's actually making the impact. You know, like you mentioned with the pumpkins, you know, like starting off with a bunch, you know, taking away half of them that aren't, uh, you know, growing the way you want them to, and then cutting that in half, cutting that in half. And then you have that one, that one thing that's really, really hitting hard. It's such a crazy concept to think about, you know. I I mean, I think it's just like when you look at um, athletes, uh, most athletes that are very, that make it to the professional levels. They usually, when they in the younger days, it's advised that they play a lot of sports. You don't know what they're really going to be good at. Yeah. And most athletes shouldn't focus on their one sport until they're at least in high school because you don't really know what they're really the best at yet. You don't know what's what their skill sets. And once you figure that out, you know, put all your chips all in, go all in. And, and that's what I have been able to do. I, I'm all in on construction. I, I want to figure out what's the best way to design what what does architect know i want to be as smart as the architect i want to understand surveying okay how do i look at this land elevation and and site and understand what the site guy does to the framing guy to the drywall guy to the roofer like i want to (laughs) get into understanding that because that's really going to change the 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 shift i have seen where contractors when they're really good they're able to look at a design and they say, why didn't we just do it this way? And by changing that, it saved the company $30,000. <laughs> uh, we, really? we did that in a project in some of them. Wow. That really is incredible. You know, I mean, I really like, uh, you know, what you just said a second ago, you know, about really like just finding that thing to just go co- like completely all in on, you know, and it sounds like, you know, especially from, you know, like your background uh, in college and stuff like that you really have a passion for like the construction portion, you know, and like just trying to learn like as much as humanly possible and, and just really going hard, you know, and, and enjoying the hell out of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I know one thing that um, we kind of bounced around at is like, well, how do I market? Because like you said, like the KPIs and in, in part of that. And I found like, I, because I really focus on the construction and my marketing is pretty much, I go to my job site and whatever phase that we're in, I take a picture 
And then, and then, so basically what I'm doing is I'm documenting the process. Yeah. So let's say if you look at like my Instagram, you can like see where the project started, where it's going. And you can like, wow, you know, I seen it when it was just dirt to where, okay, now we have a basement. Okay. Now we have floor one. Now we have floor two. Oh my God. Insulation is already up, you know, <laughs> drywall's coming next week and, and people get excited about that. And it keeps you top of mind. And because they can see that they, you're the first person they're going to call when they have a project that they think that you might, you might want to do. That's super awesome. You know, I mean, like people always love to see like the, the process, you know, and the complete like before and after. And yeah, I mean, I feel like, <laughs> you know, there really is a lot of value and exactly, you know, just documenting what you're doing and, and just kind of showing, you know, like, this is what's going on. Like, this is where we're at. This is where we're going. Um, you know, and we're always in this, you know, and, I bet it's, it's totally, uh, like brought, you know, potential clients and stuff to you as well, you know, or people that want to help out in the process or, um, yeah, you know, just kind of bring people together just by kind of showing, you know, what you're doing and, and that kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. And, and, um, one thing that I, I look to do in the company is to, to possibly look into do more events, um, mm -hmm. construction related. And, and, and the reason why I feel that, you know, everybody thinks real estate is sexy and they want, they want to, they want to get into it, but it only takes one contractor taking a deposit or, con or one contractor doing something um, wrong for them to say, this is the worst business ever because they can't control it or they don't understand it. And I think until they get past that hurdle, we might have people that exit the industry faster than they should. And they're not going to get the benefits. As we spoke when we first started off with this podcast, we talked about how, you know, my house that went from 450000 to being worth $1.1 today, you know, th that took time. Yeah. It, it didn't happen overnight. It took years and years and years and years for that to happen. And, and that's what this industry is. You're not, it takes time for you to get better and better and to really make your mark on the, on the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, like real estate definitely is tough, you know, like, would you say, you know, kind of being in it for a while, um, you know, just like kind of building up, I don't know how to word it. Like the, I guess like the persistence and just the drive to keep moving, you know, when things aren't looking so hot and, uh, you know, just kind of building that, that skill over time, you know, just to just constantly keep moving and, you know, not be deterred by, you know, any, anything that's going on. That's, that's kind of killing the mood. Absolutely. I mean, it's you have to just keep you got to go through that you have to go through that to get better yeah. and in in it's when you go through that it that's when that's where the magic really happens because even now i look back i was like can you believe i started this you know in 2010 and and and, and look what look what we have built look how many markets that we are look how many people you know connect with me because of this or how many people ask for ask for my advice um just yesterday I talked to um, a young female that's looking to get in the industry and, oh, she is in the industry. And she's like, oh, I wanna do this project, but I'm afraid of this project. And this is why, A, B, and C. And I'm able to take an hour, hour and a half of my time and really sit there and explain to her and break it down of why it's not so bad. You know, if you, if you have an issue, just give me a call, let's figure this out. Because I know that I might walk her through that process. And then next, next year, two years from now, She's walking somebody else through the process. Yeah, I absolutely love that about this industry, man. Like just like the cycle, you know, like how finding those mentors, you know, and really, you know, just kind of picking up what you can from them, learning that and then being able to just pass it on, you know, and just kind of keep the cycle moving. It just it's so cool, you know, when you can do that, like when somebody comes to you to ask, like, you know, with a question you know the answer to it, you know, because somebody else blew your mind like a year before or something like that. And then you're able to blow somebody else's mind and, you know, just kind of keep everything moving and, and keep the process going, you know, yeah. just to kind of see like, like the smile on their face, you know what I mean? Like just, it's, it's so genuine. Like it, it's so, it's so like heartwarming, I guess, you know, just to kind of, you know, help people that are, you know, where you were not too long ago and, and bring them up with you and, 
just keep the cycle going. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And when you talk about, you know, what gives you that energy to, to do this next year, the year after, the year after. And it's really the network and the people around you. Um, so, for example, on my last mastermind, um, when I went to care camp and um, uh, one of the guys name was Keith and we were on the drive to the location, which is about an hour and a half. And I felt like I got my money's worth within that hour and a half just from speaking to that one person. And, and, and you get that energy because you're like, man. I'm not thinking big enough. Like, like am, I, am I lazy? Like, what am, what am I doing wrong? You know, so it, it pushes you to 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 um, think bigger and go to the next level. Yeah, those conversations are always amazing too. You know, like you said, like just like the high you get from, you know, just having those type of like next level conversations, and you know that that force you to start thinking a little bit bigger and you know, just, it just, it's insane, you know, like, <laughs> absolutely, it definitely is, but yeah, thank you very, very much for coming on here, Jose, I could talk to you for a very long time, man, <laughs> yeah, no, I, it really I, I was a pleasure, I, I appreciate the invite, um, this is, I, I love real estate, so um, I'm more than happy to come as a guest, maybe a few years later from now, and, and see how the business change, or if it changed at all, well, if we just got more properties and see what has changed. I would hundred percent love to, man. So where can you and the business be found online? Like social media, uh, contact? Uh, the biggest, um, well, the place that people find me the most um, these days is my Instagram, mm -hmm. which is just Jose underscore at Winter Hill underscore Hills underscore Homes um, underscore. But if you just put my first name, usually J-O-S-U-E, you usually can find it. <laughs> it's, it's not a... a, a Tom or John or, or Larry. So it, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be too hard to find. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Thank you very, very much again, man. It, it really was a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.